Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So what I'm going to do tonight, we have, we just passed the halfway mark of this year, but interesting about this year is we have, we've had just as many Sunday church services at the halfway mark than what we usually would have at the end of the year because we started a morning service this year, right? And so every now and then I just like to land my heart back to the congregation and and show the congregation what, what I've learned and what I've observed from the church and what has excited me. And what I'm going to do tonight, almost like typically what you would have at the end of the year, I'm doing at the halfway mark, light bulbs and revelations. What is the thing that I just observed the Spirit was doing amongst us? I actually want to say that each one of these points would also be things that we are not happy with where they're at, because you always want more. It's like love, you know, you, you never arrive at the place of being complete in love, but yet we say, hey, that's a loving person. And so what I want us, to, what I want to do tonight is celebrate the right things among us and also generate a hunger for it, if that's okay. Now, if you are new around here, don't worry, you're not being left out here, because what you are seeing here is what causes our heart to beat. And you are invited to be a part of his family. And maybe tonight will be for you a place of clarity, whether this is a place for you. This is what we celebrate. This is what I celebrate. And before I start, I just want to say thank you so far for each one that has followed Jesus at great cost. It is something we're going to see more and more and more and more as time goes on, that to be a Christian as the Christian culture of the world falls away in a sense. It's no longer common practice for families to go to church in America. Parents that's raising young children now, those parents, they were the last people that went to church with parents because that's just what families did. It's not like that anymore. The world is taking more of a secular stance it's not it's not all bad because it causes real believers to rise up but christianity will change in the way that it was almost like in the past you just got into a river and everyone was flowing down and danger about that is maybe you think you're a believer but you're not and so the good thing about this is it's going to become very clear to you whether you are a follower of christ of Christ or not as time goes on because you're going to have to walk against the stream more and more and more for your faith. And it's good to start exercising that faith so long that comes at great cost because there's going to be no option in the future. Amen? In the past, they said, this is a good Christian man. Give him a job. In the future, it's going to be, this is a Christian man. I don't think we should give him a job. Are you willing to stand for your faith? It might cost you income. It's where we are going. All right? So, these are the things we are celebrating, and I'm going to go for it. This is not going to take long. 
So obviously with this type of message, um, I'm not going to be as much, well, I'm not going to be passage focused at all. I'm going to allow myself to move topically as, as I'm unpacking what I've seen God do. And so have grace for that. Soon we will, we will unpack a scripture again, verse by verse, just asking for some grace for tonight. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it. Say, runs into it. And he's safe. Amazing. That's a sermon. We can just stop there. Is the water warm? The back for coffee? Not yet. Okay, I've got 20 minutes. The scripture gets more intriguing. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. One man sees God as a tower. It's like a city. But a rich man is a great temptation. It's not saying every man that's rich, okay? Proverbs is speaking in broad terms of what might happen or truths. Not truth of everyone, but watch out for the temptation. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. And like a high wall in his nation. It's amazing. I often... I guess it's a privilege in one sense, get to spend time loving couples that's been through divorce or um, going through it. And one will always say, I always thought in my mind that everything was okay. Then I realized that it's not. And in a sense, there's one place where there's surety, the tower of the Lord, when we run into that. Isn't that amazing? Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. There's a businessman in this town, a great man, that says, God has got nothing to do with the success of my company. Public thing he says, watch out. Watch out. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. Isn't that amazing? Going on, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. This is something that's not new, this point I'm working to. I'm going to just, just say five, high five. Just say to the guy next to you, high five. I'm going to give you five things tonight. That's got my attention in the spirit. It's something that has become apparent to me again. Um, Kath and Rowan, let's just celebrate them for that pregnancy. <laughs> this was the first time people, people are hearing this publicly. Yeah, 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 one of us. Okay, but we are glad. Because let me tell you what, what I've learned is that Christian does not, Christians don't have some kind of heavenly insurance that keeps them from experiencing traumatic events. Have you notice that? Did you know that the parents of Christians also die? Do you know that Smith Wigglesworth is not alive anymore? He died. Do you know that sometimes when there's a massive pile up of cars, it's the Christians that dies with the unbelievers. Sometimes when there's a tsunami, I'm sh I don't 
say there's no great testimonies, but the Christians dies with the other people. What makes us different is we live for eternity, and eternity lives in us. But we are not exempt from experiencing incredible times. In Somerset West, two couples gave birth to babies in trouble. The one baby died. The one baby made it. Both people in Shofar, um, Somerset West. Great testimony at Gaff um, shared. They cried out to God. They're pregnant. There's other people in this congregation that's been crying out for a very long time. They're not pregnant yet. There's a gospel out there that tells you if you serve God, all these good things will happen. It's just not true. It's not what we see in scripture. I have seen relationships flourish in this church. I have seen relationships that suffered greatly. I've seen financial breakthrough. I've seen financial setbacks. I've seen great health breakthroughs. I've seen raging sicknesses in this body that will go down one day. Amen? There's no guarantee that Christians will live a typically nice life. How can that be? Who taught us to think like that? The greatest, most amazing man to ever walk the face of of the earth died on a cross. How do we look at that and say, oh, I get it. If I follow him, nothing will go wrong. It just shows that there's a gospel out there where, where the people don't think. Now, I know I'm, I'm coming in low here. Let me say this. The gospel is extremely prosperous. There is nothing like it. It will blow you away here. Here. And as God leads you and as you follow his voice, there's many great things that happens when one becomes a follower of Christ. For example, if you love Jesus, you tend to love your wife. That works well. <laughs> okay. And so... You, you have a great marriage. Okay, God is helping you, okay? But all we're saying is we don't have a contract, some type of contract that keeps us, when there's a tsunami, then we're not there suddenly. It, it doesn't work like that. Most people that walk away from the Christian faith walk away because the person that brought them in promised them a fake gospel. People walk away from God when something bad happens, and, they, and this is what they say. I've heard it many times. I serve God, and this is what happens to me. I'm out. When the plan was that you would discover him to a deeper level through that situation, that's the real gospel that we are inviting you to. Listen up. Read Romans 8 with me. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Many things will try, okay? One of those things are tribulation, distress, okay? With distress, you can say hunger, anxiety, okay? Or persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword. All these things will try. Sword will be death, okay? A sibling, a parent, or a child. These things are devastating. I'm not saying it's not. But let's go down to verse 37. It says, in all these things... We are more than conquerors, what? Through him who loved us. Mature Christians knows how to hold on to Christ through great times and difficult times. It's the essence of the mature disciple. Worship continues when emotions goes like this. 
Okay, it's the sign of maturity. The first thing that I saw again this year, and I want to see more of it, I want to throw petrol on this fire, is that Jesus invites his children to press into him in all circumstances. When there's conception, Lord, we worship you. There's a baby when there's no baby. Even with tears, we worship you. That's the disciples we long to grow in this place. In a sense, when you're in the storm, okay, when things are going very hard, okay, she left you, you don't know why, then this happened at work and it feels like everything is coming down on you and you can pray closer, Lord, closer to your chest. I'm holding on. If you constantly, I'm just helping you here, and I'm being upfront, is that okay? say If you constantly try to figure out why something bad happened to you, why to me I'm better than that person, you quickly need to turn to God because you are drifting away. You are in your mind trying to transact with God. He wants to give you grace. There's nothing you can do for it. You just submit yourself to him in this great or bad situation. Say, Lord, here I am. I will worship you. Come health or disease, come babies or not, whatever, all right? Amen? It's the first thing. And, and so when I celebrate this, it's incredible to see new people around this place pressing into relationship with God even through difficult circumstances, and I'm praying more, more, more. Let us not be a group of people that runs away from difficult circumstances. Let's get in there. Let's get in there with our friends. Most of you, if you've got five friends, I bet you at least three of them or two of them are going through a difficult time. Let's be trained to get in there. Let's not be afraid. Because we know the one who knows how to walk with people through their difficult times. Amen. You will experience the love there. And this is what I desire more. I'm praying, Lord, more and more, as I've seen, let's propagate this more. We will worship. It is totally divorced from my emotions whether I will worship God in this place or not. I will worship Him. Press into that. Let's go on. Romans 8, 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This goes on the same point. I'm, I'm just taking us through. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. God's saying, I want to be with you in that difficult time, okay? I want to yoke with you. I want to, I want to put my shoulder next to yours. We're going to do this together, right? Awesome. Verse 4 of 2 Corinthians says that... God comforts us in our affliction. We will never know the comforting love of God if we never go through a difficult time. It's we, ex we experience a comfort. Like sometimes something terrible happened to someone and I'm like, Lord, now I need to go into that house. What am I going to say? I walk in there and this is what I hear from people often. That is, I can't describe it, but God is just carrying me. Because that's our God. Isn't that amazing? He comforts and leads us through difficult times. Let's go on. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame 
the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. The second thing I want to say, let's head into this, is Jesus makes the weak brave. And I see it every year. And I I just, it just, this gets me going. When I see someone coming in unsure of life, unsure of their circumstances, unsure of their future, unsure of God not knowing a lot about the Bible, then hearing that God loves and cares and saves even sinners. And to see that sometimes it's young men, but sometimes it's older people in their 60s growing in strength as God is leading them. And I'm praying, thank you, Lord, that we are seeing this, but more, please, more. I remember when, <laughs> it's actually funny, so, so um, lately, you know, for me, stuff happened. I went on Survivor, and I'm talking at a lot of places, and people said, it must be nice to be you. Let me tell you how I started in the faith. I, I went to a res in Stelis. Anyone from Stelis? Yeah? Okay. To, boom! Anyone from Ice Marie? Ice Fesser, sit still. <laughs> Germa was in my, my enemy race. They worshiped together the other night. They're making progress. Yes. I uh, went on a, on, a, on a sport tour, which people go on to drink. That's, that's the long and the short. But there's also rugby games. I went with to connect with them. And. Um, it was, it's, it's just difficult. Like when the bus stops, it's just empty beer cans go ba, 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 to the front. And as the bus pulls away, it rolls to the back. It's, you know, but God said go and I went. Um, 16 years later, I'm still at a rugby club <laughs> trying to shine a light. And the one night, a few of the guys drank too much, all right? And as they drank more, they got louder and louder and louder. And at the one moment, I was, we were just sitting there. There was another other guy from our small group. We were also on the sport tour. We were praying a lot for the people. It's great tours like that because you get to talk with people right through the day. And we just wanted to connect. And then the one guy got drunk, got very aggressive, and he started to verbally assault me. He said, you're a Christian. What are you doing on this tour? You don't even belong here. Just leave us to do our thing. And, but he started. And I thought it's going to be like, uh, is it going to end up with a joke? Because, I mean, th- this guy is kind of my friend when he's not drunk. <laughs> so, so, um, but then it wasn't a joke. And he carried on. One minute, two minutes, for 10 minutes. And he was walking around. Then he was getting aggressive. And I, just, I sat like that. I, I, I've never been verbally assaulted in my life. So I didn't know what to do. You know, is this going to get physical? There's no bullet roll. What, what's going to happen here? And, uh, and, and everyone, you know, when everyone, everyone's having a great time. Everyone's talking. And then someone raises their voice. And the whole party just stops and look at that. That's what happens. And everyone's like, what's going on here? And it didn't stop, and it said very bad things. Like, we don't want you here, you don't belong. And funny thing is, I was elected prim of the race two weeks before that. And these guys were some of the influential guys. So I walked out, and I started to cry like a baby. And like, I, f- I, I didn't know how to handle it. Um, and two other Christians came out. They comforted me. Praise God for friends, hey? 
And another guy, he was not a Christian, a very strong guy in our race. He came out, he said, Werner, I've been fighting whether I should follow God or not for a long time. I saw what happened. Tonight, I'm deciding that I will follow the God you serve. Where's that dam? I want to get baptized now. <laughs> he got baptized, and he was the next prim, serving God. Today, still 15 years later, serving God, doing amazing work. It comes with standing up. It comes with being brave. You have to be brave. I cried because it was, I couldn't handle it. I can't say, oh, don't worry, I, I waxed that moment. I didn't. I was broken. Two years after that, I walked into Sports Science Institute next to Newlands for my internship as a biokineticist. There was about 18 of us from across the country at the privilege to be there. Walked in there. Now, if you're a man, you know how you dress yourself. The T-shirt on top, that's the one you put on. Who knows what I'm talking about? And then your wife's like, you're a good pussy by my car. I'm like, well, what do you mean, a pussy? <laughs> Pass lacquer. So the T-shirt, the very first day, the T-shirt that was on top, okay, was my missions T-shirt. Okay, it said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I'll march it into sports science. I didn't know. You don't re recognize when you put on your legs go top. Everyone wears them around here. Everyone's got the being one. Okay, everyone's, you know, but that day I'm walking into a war zone and I've got my breastplate on with the scripture. And as I walked into the room, for the very first thing, I introduced myself to a guy. He's a Muslim guy. His name was Marvin. I said, my name is Vader. He said, I'm Marvin. And he said, are you religious? And he saw my shirt. And in that moment, the whole room just stopped for a moment and looked at me. And I, you know when you, when you fool Rock Roy, comes up, like, what's the right answer? I said, Marvin, I don't know what you mean when you say religious, but let me just say this. Now, I'm talking to him, but everyone's listening. That I love Jesus with everything in me. Oh, that's cool. That's what he said. He went on. Two days later, one guy and one girl came to me and said, to what church do you go? Because we're not from here and we would like to go to a church where we can get discipled. And they went with me to church. That's under they're still in Shofar. That's 12 years later. All right. It's going to require for you to be brave. So let it be known. It is essential. Especially if you gave your heart to God recently. Or if God is leading you closer to him. Even tonight. Know this. You will have to be brave. Because your parents may not approve of what God is calling you to do. My dad suffered and worked very hard to pay for my studies. I worked for two years as a biokineticist after being at Sports Science, and then I went into full-time ministry. And it broke him, but I, I knew I had to go. I had to be brave, but we have a great relationship now because I honor him. I honor him. You're going to have to be brave. I'm seeing this in our midst, and I'm getting excited, and I'm saying, Lord, more, 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 more. Remember, it's a war out there. It's, it's a war in here as well. As we worship, we, being, we, we experience opposition from the enemy. He wants to keep us from connecting with God. But he has a momentum here because we can help one another. Amen. We've got coffee. We, we can pray for one another. We've got this comfort in here. When you go out there, it's a war zone. You're going to be mine. This is show for five years, papi. This is honor. 
What if I ask you point blank? Is she a Christian? All right. What if I involve you in a, in a thing where numbers needs to be chopped and changed to be dishonest? I pray that the disciples in this church will be brave. Because what I've seen is the pattern in my life. Every time I've been brave, afterwards there was a harvest of souls. And we are here to reach this town. Amen. Take your lunch and say, brave heart. <laughs> they can take your life, right? But they cannot take your freedom. <laughs> Let's go on. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This is Jesus speaking. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Going on, Colossians 1.18. And he's the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Now, just, just see the picture the words are trying to to paint for us, explaining a heavenly reality in a way that we can understand. The Father put Jesus over everything in authority and then gave him to the church. It gives us a picture of a father bringing a son or a daughter to another person. Say, I'm, I'm giving you to this person into marriage. And we know we've got that analogy from Christ being the, the, the groom and the church of bride. And here we see that the Father presents Jesus to the church. He's ours and we are his. Isn't that amazing? We even call this body the fullness of him who fills all in all. The third thing that I've learned again and I've seen especially this year is that it is Jesus that builds the church. Now, I know that's a, that's a term we, we hear, but let's for a moment talk about this because it's got great application value for us and maybe some of you will get a light bulb moment here as well. We've been in the most terrible building in the history of this town for a church, I think, the previous one we were in. The toilets flushed by itself. I mean, they just... Every now and then, we shared it with another church. Children would go in there and put toilet paper... I don't know, is that a prank? Kids do, like, they fill it, oh, yeah, <laughs> was it you? <laughs> they fill the toilet with toilet paper, and then they flush it, right? Flush, 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 and then the water comes over the toilet into the church. That's not living waters, but it's, it's on the mats. And then we are there with towels, and we WhatsApping all 24 members of the church. As a belief, bring anduke, and then we come there, and we don't know, is it pipi water or gewone water, but we are trying to dry the floor because in one hour people are going to come to this church. <laughs> that's, that's how we lived, people. You know what? The church grew. It's amazing. Church grew. When a wind blew, there was, a, there was one of those steel doors. It was a you're trying to preach. Never mind when it was raining. When you walked out, you almost needed a personal bodyguard just to get safely to your car. It's there with a car testing station, that area there. Church grew. 
Rudy weet, hy was bang na sy kaarte te gaan. <laughs> Here's my revelation. The church building does not build the church. The church building does not build the church. The worship team does not build the church. The pastor does not build the church. Having your own church building does not build the church. If something happens to this building, we come here next week, oops, there was lightning and then it all fell in. We'll have church on the cross. That's it. It's easy, simple as that. I think the church will actually grow because people will come out to see what's going on. Jesus builds the church. We planted a morning service earlier this year. There's one pity op a guitar. One. I thought people's going to mind. They don't care. They're more worried about what's in your heart. We're going to worship Jesus here or we're going to play around. Those that measure the church by the band and moves on, I praise God that they move. Because we don't have time for trouble. We are busy making disciples. Amen? Jesus builds a church. Isn't that amazing to see it happen? I'm sitting in the office every now and then. Recently, Carla joined. It's, I look across the office, there's brown and silver. I'm like, Lord, you're doing a great thing in this town using us. How is that possible? Remember, Jesus builds the church. And I've seen it again. And I'm excited to see what's happening going forward. And here's your invitation. Your point of application on this point is he's inviting you to partner with him. He wants to use your hands. Mickey Buck's in at the park. And he wants to use you. But here's a key thing. And I hope, I hope you will give yourself to him in this way. You are a stone and allow him to place you wherever he wants to place you. As I heard all in the mirror sit over the thank you, Lord, that's my place. If he wants to put you there by the window, say, thank you, Lord, that's my place. He's building. Present yourself as a building block. Amen. I'm seeing this and I'm celebrating this and I'm longing to see more. I'm longing to see more. It's gone. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. What the Apostle Paul is describing there is this idea of the church not being one person that preached and everyone else just sitting, ah, uh, ah. Uh. But as we grow, we contribute to one another. We build into one another. Right? Each one brings something. Each one contributes, and then we all grow up. Let's go on. As each has received a gift. Look, look at this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. That includes everyone. Where did we get this idea that the guy that preaches gifted? I'm just here to go through the motions. It's an idea from hell telling you. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. In Ephesians 4 it says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, speaking about five different gifts there, 
to equip the saints, that's everyone that believes, for the work of a ministry, for the building up of a body of Christ. The fourth thing I'm just seeing again, it's a light bulb for me again, is number four, that Jesus builds a team, not a star. Not a star. He's not building a pastor. He's building a church of many members. And each one of you here, you are gifted in some way. But don't let a great gift goes to waste. Don't let a great seed never become a tree. Each one, each one received a gift. So my job here, and I'm asking Brown to help me with this, please pray for me. My job is to make you uncomfortable. My job is to make you feel that there's something wrong when you are not growing. That there is something, not that God does not love you, no, that's not what we're talking about. That you will be, that you will experience a whisper, a whisper of a spirit, there's more in you, there's more in you, there's more in you. We don't want to be great pastors. We want to be a great church. Let each one bring what God has given to them. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? We've seen it over and over in history where a church has a star, a great pastor. You know, like a falling star crashes, the whole church, gone. One affair. One third party. One man in love of money. It is over. No. Protect me, Lord. Protect us. I want to be a church, a body, where each one is a minister. What is your gift? We want to help you with that. Be uncomfortable and start to move. This morning, I had people who were hard. They said, if you want to make it easy, it's not easy for you. One of them has me Ik was bang, ik was bang. He's bigger than me, but I'm faster than him. So. And also Ben was just here, so a little bit bigger. We are moving, and, and I'm seeing this, but I want to see it more. I want to see it more. And I'm praying for more, and I want you to pray with me and to give yourself, sign up for service. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Can you just think about that for a moment? <laughs> what does that even mean? Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. And then it gets even stranger. And in favor with God and man. Before I go on, let me just say, if Jesus had to grow, you have to grow. As simple as that. Grab that for yourself. We are not here. Uh, we prayed at intercession before church. We're not here to set up camp, okay? If you maybe, you came in the beginning of the year, maybe when we started the morning service, or you kneel around here and you're just finding your place, let me just say, I'm sorry, we're about to move, okay? We're not going to settle here. We are not called to settle. The moment we settle, we lose our calling. We are called to expand. We are called to tell more people of Jesus. We are called to be comforted in our discomfort as we're going out, right? 
Let us grow like Jesus. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace of knowledge of our Lord. So we see Jesus growing in grace, and now we see the scripture, but you grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord, Je Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory for now and to the day of eternity. The last thing for tonight is this. Jesus leads his children into growth. Growth. We want you to grow, right? We want you to grow. We don't want an audience. No. We want you to grow. Day by day, step by step. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me an ability to read your word. Help me even more. Maybe add to the discipline of reading, the discipline of obeying, and then, Lord, help me increase, increase. Lord, thank you that I'm starting to pray and I'm, 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 and I'm praying for the first time. Now help me not to be shy at small group that I can also pray before other people, maybe before one person. If you've been in church, maybe in a charismatic church for many years, decide where you have to grow, but grow, but grow. I've seen this growth, not, not only in the church, in in numbers this year with the planting of a morning surf. We've, by the way, um, I'm, I'm just sharing this in humility. We were the fastest growing shofar church the last year in Secunda. God is working. And so I'm grateful to put that on there because I've seen growth in people as I've seen the growth in the congregation. But we're not setting up camp, all right? We're going, we're moving. More, Lord deeper in love with you. Thank you, Lord, that I can pray for 10 minutes. If tomorrow morning, I'm going to try praying for 20 minutes. More in love with you, Lord. Lord, in the past, when those difficult situations happened, I'm just freaking out. Now I'm going to learn to press into you. I'm going to ask someone to pray for me. We're not setting up camp. We're moving. Love God. Love people. Reach the world. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for putting your bodies on the line and for having great, great faith. And I just want to say this because I said it this morning to um, the leaders of this church, Hanu that's here and, and Estelle and Brown and Aubrey Owens. Uh, it's amazing. When I, whenever I speak to people of a church, I always hear that the board is fighting with the elders or they're busy being mean to the pastor. I always hear these things. Yet when we meet, I just feel loved and I feel in unity. And Kermo, thank you for everything. God is really working. But let me, let me tell you guys something we do as leaders is... Before we meet, we raise our voices to God in song and prayer and we worship him because his name is more important than any one other name. So I pray that God will keep us and cause us to grow. We are called to be a unity, amen. Thank you, everyone. Let's go forward. I'm trusting that each individual will grow and that we will have the capacity to minister to more people. Amen. Let's stand tonight.
What I want you to do is to look at the screen, take a deep breath, and ask the Holy Spirit to lift, make clear one of those points to lift it up to you or cause it to jump out. And I want to ask you to ask God to grow you, to take you forward, to help you to take your next step. Maybe it is to, to learn to worship whether your emotions are thriving or, or really in a dark place. You know, it's possible. It's called the secret place where you can come and worship God. doesn't matter what's happening externally. It's not easy, but the Spirit will lead you. Maybe you want to pray, Lord, make me brave. Make me brave. There where I work, where I live, with friends, with family. Maybe it's time to share your testimony with someone, right? Where do you fit in when Jesus builds the church? What has he placed in you? May he use you. Have you offered yourself? Have you consecrated yourself to him? And say, Lord, you can use me. Have you become part of a team? Have you become part of a small group? It's a great place to find your place in a team where God can use you. And, and how's it going with your growth? Are you growing well? Maybe there's an area you want to put before God and say, Lord, I have not given this area to you. But I'm trusting you. I'm just laying it down. I'm seeing amazing growth in this congregation. And I want to invite each one to get into the river and experience that momentum. Let's pray. Whichever one comes out, let's bring it before God right now in prayer. Don't, don't think words. Say words. Okay, even if you say it soft, let's pray just where you're standing. Let your lips move. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing. Trust Him for that one area or those one or two points. Invite him into your life. He loves you. Oh Lord, we just want to thank you that you are not a God that send us an email or even only send us an angel when we needed to be saved. You send yourself. It's the God we serve. We are blown away. We are so privileged to worship the great God, the one and only. Lord, grow us, lead us, strengthen us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we declare that you are welcome in this place. We honor you. and We have respect for you. Come and work in our midst. Um, I just, as we're praying, seeing this picture of a, of a lock, of a, a slot that's around some hearts. And God just wants to put the key in there and, and just open up your heart. He just wants to unlock the lock that's causing that heaviness in your heart and I just want to pray for that.
Thank you, Lord. If you, if you relate with that, if you're just trusting God for a breakthrough, you just quickly put up your hand. So that's me. I'm, I'm trusting for that unlock. Just put your hand up very high. Thank you for those hands. Dolores, hands are in the air all over this place. You are the comforter. I just pray, Lord, that you will just come and unlock hearts in this place. You can do it, Lord. As hands are in the air, Lord, you can do it. You can do it, Lord. Tonight, no one even has to pray with these people. No one has to lay their hands on them, but you can do it right as they are opening their hearts. Just say, Lord, I open my heart. I open my heart to you. Unlock every lock that's on my heart. I trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can lower your hand. We're almost done. Let's not lose focus. Where you are standing, everyone, especially if your hand was up, just say, Lord, I value you more than anything in my life. You are my everything, Lord. I honor you. You are my great treasure. Say it to him. And experience that he's just breaking you, that he's just breaking you free from everything that's holding you back. Tell him that he's your first love. That there's no other that can compete with him. Worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. What I want us to do just, just before we run is just to quickly take a seat and ask someone, what can I pray for you for this week? Okay? You don't have to pray for them in person if you are shy. You can pray at home, but just ask them, what can I pray for you for this week? I want to pray for you. Help me. Give me direction. How can I be a friend? How can I help you? Let's just take one, one or two minutes and then we'll be done.